Hey everybody, welcome to episode 37 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and this week I'm joined by the head women's golf coach at Nova Southeastern University, Mrs. Heather Wall. Um, Really excited to have Heather on. We shared a little communication back and forth on social media. I asked her if she'd be kind enough to join the show, and she willingly agreed, which I really appreciate. I'm super thankful for her time. So, um, Heather's going to bring a lot of knowledge today. She runs a great program. I love the way she talks about her program at Nova. I love the way that, you know, she talks about what she's teaching her young ladies and, you know, how she's teaching them to be competitors and just the overall advice that she's got for you guys today, I think is going to be powerful. So, um, you know, sit tight. It's definitely going to be a, a good conversation. Uh, do want to paint a little bit of a picture of, you know, who Heather is and, you know, what she's accomplished because she was a rock star player at Florida Southern University. Uh, she was a three-time first-team All-American. Um, she was a two-time All-Sunshine State performer. She was in 2009 recognized as the Sunshine State Conference Women's Golfer of the Year. In 2007, she led her team to a national title where she finished fourth overall in the NCAA Division II National Championship. Um, really got a lot of good playing experience and holds some really nice records at Florida Southern, including a couple different single season stroke averages. She also holds a record for uh, 11 top 10 finishes in a single season and a school best 34 top 10 finishes in her career. Um, She holds some records as it relates to scoring in tournaments, um, a single round scoring record of 67. She's got a combined two round scoring record of 141 and a three round scoring record of 214. So obviously Heather can play that's no secret um just a few years ago she qualified for the u.s women's mid amateur um so she's definitely still you know competing uh she's got a strong game and she's definitely got a lot of advice to pass on to young players and to you parents that are listening also that are looking to you know coach your kids down their path of junior golf so like i said really excited to get heather in here and have a great conversation with her Um, She cut her teeth in the college coaching world at the University of Arkansas at Monticello, where she coached both the men's and the women's team. So we're going to jump into that a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the differences between, you know, coaching men and coaching women and, you know, kind of what that looks like. Um, Spent a couple years there. And then she is in her going into her fifth season at Nova, um, just finishing up her fourth. Obviously, as you all know, this is the time that we're in right now. Uh, The 2019-2020 season was cut short due to COVID-19, unfortunately. So uh, we didn't get to finish that season. Heather's a little bit bummed. I know the team's a little bit bummed. They were, you know, ranked number one in the country Uh, as it stands this spring and didn't really get to finish that out. So unfortunate, but hopefully they've got a nice springboard going into the 2020-2021 season. So um, in her time at Nova, uh, Heather has really produced some really nice results. Um, You know, won a number of tournaments, 
Uh, just looking back at you know some of the stats that she's got, um, won a couple different three tournament victories in the 2016-17 season, in the 2017-18 season. They won eight tournaments, including a six-run stretch of uh, tournament victories. In that year, uh, Heather was named the SSC and South Region Coach of the Year. Um, So some really nice accolades there. Uh, 2017-18, they finished fourth in the NCAA Division II National Championship. So... um, you know, like I said, Heather's really doing a great job building this program. Um, she's had several All-Americans that she's helped mold and bring through the program. And, uh, you know, they're really growing and building a strong program at Nova. So uh, really excited to have her on, really excited to have her share, you know, some valuable information with you guys. She's going to talk about her background and her path. I tried not to get too much into that because I don't want to steal her thunder. Um, but talks a little bit about just kind of the diversity as a player, as a coach, as an instructor. Um, like I said, we talk about, you know, the differences between coaching men and women, talk a little bit about her playing career, uh, definitely touch on recruiting as a college coach, something that's super important. And she's going to kind of dive into that a little bit for us. Uh, she's going to talk about, you know, what it's like to be a lady shark at Nova and kind of what a day in the life looks like. And then she's just got, you know, a lot of really good advice for you players and your parents that are listening. So couldn't be more excited to have Heather on and uh, couldn't be more excited for all of you guys that are listening. One, that you get to listen to this episode. Two, just that you've found this podcast and hopefully has found it as a resource to help you through your junior golf career because that's what it was built for. That's what I'm trying to do. And I appreciate you guys tuning in week in and week out to listen to some of these really great guests that I'm able and fortunate to uh, bring on to the show and just kind of pick their brains and learn from them and pass on that knowledge and that wisdom uh, to you guys. So, um, you know, I always ask you guys every episode, if you like this episode, please share it. Please leave it a review. Um, you know, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on, you know, those guests that we've got coming up. Um, and I encourage you guys to interact with me as well. You can email me at juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com. And you can also follow Junior Golf Keys at Junior Golf Keys on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So just trying to share some different content out there on those different platforms that I think is going to help you guys um, as it kind of supplements some of that information that you guys are taking away from the podcast. So really appreciate you as the audience. Appreciate you tuning in. You guys sit tight. I'll be right back with my interview with Heather Wall. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. This week, I have the head women's golf coach at Nova Southeastern University joining me on the podcast, Heather Wall. Heather, how are you today? Good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I really appreciate you taking some time to join the show and you know, share with the listeners you know, some of your experience and hopefully, you know, give them some advice and guide them in their journeys. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for having me and, uh, I'm excited. So let's get started. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this. Um, can you just for context purposes, just kind of talk to the audience a little bit about, um, your background, just, you know, how'd you get introduced to the game? You know, what has your path been, uh, within the, um, within the golf game and you know what what does that journey look like for you um well I started playing golf when I was eight uh, my dad got me into the game um 
I was born and raised in Lakeland, Florida. And so I, I just started playing, played my first tournament when I was nine. Um, my dad got me lessons, and I, I really loved it right away. And it's pretty much the only sport that, that I ever played. Um, okay. Played all the way through high school, um, went and played at Florida Southern, which is also in Lakeland. I lived on campus all four years, um, got a scholarship. Um, they gave me a wonderful opportunity, played there all four years, was an All-American three years. Um, we won the national championship as a team at, when I was a sophomore in 2007. So that was a really cool experience. Um, when I After I graduated in 2009, I played a few years on the what's now called the Symmetra Tour and the Suncoast yep. Tour. And um, then after I was done with that, I thought I wanted to – I knew I wanted to stay in the – in the golf business some in some sort of way. So then I thought I would go in and try and be a PGA apprentice and enter the PGM program. So from Lakeland, I moved all the way to uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas and started my apprentice, uh, my apprenticeship there at a country club. And um, decided that I really didn't like it. Uh, I was behind a desk all day. I, I hardly got to play golf. I, and plus, it was so cold there. The winter was really bad. So yeah. at the time, uh, my husband was a, a teaching tennis professional. And he got a, a tennis director job down in south, uh, southeast Arkansas, which was about four hours from where we were. So we went there and um, just kind of uh, by the grace of God got into coaching at a little Division two school called University of Arkansas Monticello and um, kind of, I mean, just kind of built the, built the team from scratch, uh, coached men and women, was there for five years uh, before making my journey back to South Florida, where I am now at Nova, and this fall will be my fifth season. Okay. Yeah, it's great. You know, unfortunately, we had to cut this season short, but, um, you know, you've you've had some good success, and a couple of things that you mentioned um, just interestingly popped out to me. My dad had a very similar experience. You know, people always ask, you know, how do you get into the golf industry, and what are the opportunities that are out there? Um, you're talking about, you know, not really – liking uh going through the apprentice program and kind of what that side of the business is uh my dad had a pretty similar experience in that too um where he just wanted to play golf um (laughs) and there wasn't a whole lot of that (laughs) on that side of the business it seemed like yeah you would think it would be but uh yeah it was it was uh not what i expected i I learned a lot i learned how to do the merchandising and stuff for the pro shop and You know, did quite a few ladies clinics and everything, but I didn't really get the chance to play with many members because I was always I always had to be inside the pro shop. Me and the other assistant would split our time eight hour shifts. So it was okay. Yeah, it it wasn't the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, there's some people that are really good fit for that and some that, you know, just don't want that experience. So nothing wrong with that at all. Um, 
I want to go back to just talk a little bit about your junior golf. Um, now you said you mentioned you, know, you played, started playing golf at the age of eight, played your first tournament when you were nine. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about on this show a decent amount is, you know, there's parents that are always wondering, you know, when do you get started? How do you get started? You know, when is a good time to start playing tournaments? Um, you know, what does that look like? So can you offer any advice in, in that regard? Um, you know, like you said, you started young, you really focused on golf from a young age. I think that's something that parents question a lot. You know, do my kids uh, focus on one sport that early? You know, is it too much overload for them? So can you maybe just dive into that a little bit for us? Yeah, definitely. So I, I grew up playing in the Greater Tampa Junior Golf Association. So that that's the the main thing that I played in all the way up through my through till I went to college. Um and then some of the FSG st- FSGA stuff as well, but um, sure. I don't think it, if you see that your that your child, you know, loves the game and, and kind of uh, strikes an interest in it, then I would just go with it. It's it's no, there's no. I don't think you can play in your first tournament, you know, too soon, um, just to get that experience and. Um, as long as they're having fun and they want to practice and they, they, they say, hey, mom, can you take me to the golf course? Or, hey, dad, you just got off work. Can you take me to the driving range? I think that's great. Just as long as you're not forcing it on them, they've got to want to show the initiative to, to want to play and want to practice. And, and then I think I, I really think that's the key. And, and because you don't want your kids to get burnt out or, or anything like that, but you can – they need to be guided a little bit, but you definitely don't want to force them to go practice or, or make them feel bad for wanting to go, you know, place, you know, play with their friends or go to the movies or something like that. So it's, you've got to keep it fun and you don't need to apply too much pressure on them, especially at a young age. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was actually having that, a conversation with, uh, you may be familiar with Michelle Holmes, who has a couple of different golf schools, um, in the, I believe Carolinas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but she was talking a lot about that. She, you know, was a, um, I think they call it a master instructor with through us kids. Um, but she's got some really young kids that she coaches and, and, and teaches and we're talking about tournaments and stuff and almost exactly what you said, just, you know, if you can keep it fun and they're the kids are the ones that are driving, those are two components that are, really key just to make sure that they're really enjoying the game that they're, you know, taking to the learning and, um, you know, they're not getting burnt out on it. Right. Right. And I think being on the course, even if it's not a, even if it's not a tournament, but just the course play and being out on the course, if they hit the ball and then they go run and get it and then hit it again, it keeps it fun. They're getting, they're getting course experience. Um, they're being on the golf course. I, I, I mean, I think all that is great. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you played uh, in some local junior circuits in the Tampa area, you know, growing up as a junior player. You played high school golf as well? Yeah, I played at uh, George Jenkins, George Jenkins okay. High School. Um, we had a pretty good team. I, I believe we went we went to state as a team three out of four years. In my freshman year, I advanced as an individual. Um, so we were a pretty competitive team. Um, and then, but as far as the, 
I think back when I was playing, that was called the Florida Junior Tour, and mm-hmm. I didn't play in many of those, and I didn't play in any AJGAs. So okay. um, I kind of always knew that I wanted to go to Florida Southern, which was, you know, in my hometown. And um, and so it just kind of worked out. Coach would come and watch me at, at the tournaments, and then when it was time, I took my official visit, and then I – I uh, verbally committed um, the day of the visit. Okay. Um, did you have any other schools in consideration when you were going through that process? There were just a few, but okay. uh, I, did, I didn't visit anywhere else. I, I always knew I, I, for the history of the program, and I loved Coach Davis and Coach Ben, and, um, and, and they, get, they have great facilities, great golf courses. So uh, I knew that's where I wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some really big topics in the junior golf world are rankings and tournaments. And you mentioned, um, you know, not playing any AJGA tournaments, which, um, you know, there are a lot of players that don't. Um, but I think that, you know, it's common to see really strong competitors, um, highly ranked players playing in those types of events and I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are as that, like, you know, that was your experience um, as a young player. Now you're recruiting. Um, are you looking at those tournaments as much? I think something that parents struggle with or one AJGA is super expensive to play in. Right. Right. Um, you, sometimes you've got to travel a lot, which is, you know, some more expense there. Um, really good events and really strong fields. But can you kind of talk about what your beliefs are around, having to play on that type of a circuit or just tournament selection, I guess, in general? I I do think it's changed a lot since I was playing junior golf. So, like, for me now, when I go recruiting, um, I do check the the AJGAs, you know, the scores, their tournament schedules quite often. Um, And I do go to a lot of the FSGAs, the the, the – girls juniors and even the USGA qualifiers for the girls junior, the women's AM, um, stuff like that. But um, it's not everything. I think it is important to play in as many tournaments as you can to get as much uh, tournament experience as you can because there is a difference from just going out and playing uh, with your friends or or playing, uh, uh, playing just by yourself versus warming up, hitting range balls, and playing in a tournament, keeping your scorecard, you know, all that tournament stuff. And um, there is a difference. And us as college coaches, we want someone that's experienced, that knows how to deal with nerves, kind of embrace it. Uh, We want a a well-rounded tournament player that knows how to get the ball in the hole when, when when it's game time. So um, whether that's AJGAs or, you know, something local, they just need to be playing that. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into a little bit about, um, you know, what you're looking for when you're recruiting, but before we go there, I mean, you mentioned, you know, having a nice career at Florida Southern, I think you were a little bit modest in your, um, (laughs) in your uh, overview there of, uh, of your time at Florida Southern, because you're a rock star. I mean, you set a lot of records there. Um, you know, like you did mention, you know, three time, uh, first team all American. And I've listed out some other things, you know, before we've, you know, jumped in and you know, winning a national title. I just had, um, 
actually a fellow moccasin on a couple weeks ago with John Vanderlyn, who's playing on the Corn Ferry Tour now. Yes. A um, little bit younger than both of us, but uh, he's in his second year now on the Corn Ferry Tour, and um, he had a really good career at Florida Southern too. So um, if you could, can you kind of just talk about your uh, journey at Florida Southern and obviously had a really good career there, um, you know, what was that experience like for you and, you know, how were you able to accomplish a lot of the things that you did? Um, well, we got to, uh, the play, the golf courses that we got to play were amazing. Uh, we played at two different courses. We kind of alternated with the men's team. Um, and then, um, coach was really big into your mindset and being present on the course and uh, taking one shot at a time. So until I got to college, I never, I was, I was pretty, you know, mentally tough, but once I got there, I just kind of took my mental game to, to another level. And uh, I think it got better and better. Uh, As I went through school, I developed my game uh, a lot better. Um, I did a ton of short game work. And just being able to have access to the golf course whenever you wanted to to go out there is a huge thing, no matter it. So that's another thing when you're looking for a place to play, like how how close is the golf course to your to your campus? Um, do they have any stipulations for you? I mean, because, you know, for the NCAA, we, you have 20 hour weeks where you're able to practice, but if you want to go out there and do stuff on your own, will you be able to do that? Mm. And I think that's where you can really develop your game and, and start working hard and developing as a player. So, um, so we had a lot of access to grasslands and Lone Palm, which was, which was amazing. The both places have amazing short game facilities. So we could really hone in our short games and our wedges and, a lot of that is how I became such a good player, and it's what I instill in my players now. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, just kind of those changes. Uh, obviously, I had a good enough game to get um, to Florida Southern, but then it's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, just what changed and what your focuses were once you got there to even elevate your game further. You know, you talk about – you know, hitting one shot at a time, the short game, the mindset, um, you know, those aren't things that people maybe think about like immediately when they think about golf, they think about, well, I got to hit the ball well and be a good ball striker and, you know, those types of things. But um, what are those, uh, what are those other aspects that you really turn to? I mean, how, how did those really help you elevate your game? Um, Yeah. Another thing is preparation. Mm. So I never really, thought about much about how you prepare going into the tournament and how how everything in golf is pretty much delayed gratification so nothing is really instant so you go out and you practice and you work on your swing or you work on your putting or whatever you're working on and it you're not going to go out the very next day and you might but you the chances of you going out and starting and shooting a 67 are pretty slim, you know? So yeah. you've got to work and it's just like, you know, you're, you're building a house kind of brick by brick. So I, I tell my players that your preparation is your confidence. Mm. Like that's, 
that's what that is builds your confidence knowing that you you're working as hard as you can you're doing the right things that you need to do and you're going through your process and you're trusting your training and then once we go to the tournament we know we've put in our work now it's it's game time and let's just have fun and go play Mm. Boy, I love that. That's a really good description. Delayed gratification. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say it that way before, but it makes really good sense, right? Because um, there is a process with golf, whether it's, you know, making a swing change or learning how to map out a course and be disciplined to, you know, stick to your routine, you know, those types of things. They take a lot of really diligent focus um, and they can be mentally draining, right? But uh, right. You know, talk about that a little bit. And then, uh, like, going through a swing change or whatever, or, or you know, uh, kind of your game is kind of plateaued and you can't quite seem to get over that hump of maybe shooting consistently under 75 or breaking 80 or even going shooting consistently under par. Mm-hmm. Um, like, stuff like that. You have you just have to, you know, keep hammering away. And it, it does get – I mean, that's that's golf. It gets it, – it can really get you down sometimes. But that's when you really have to kind of step back and, you know, know that, that – kind of look at everything you're doing and know that what you're doing is good and you know the results are going to come. Yeah. So let's talk about preparation for a minute. Um, I'm just curious on – you know, how are you coaching your players to prepare? How did you prepare as a player for a tournament or in off weeks? You know, what other kinds of things are you working on or is your team working on to continue to prepare? Um, well, we do a few different things uh, when we when we're at practice. Um, so like uh, one thing that was very good for us that we didn't have that we haven't had in years past was this year I was able to. I hired an assistant named Stan Moore, who is out of the Don Law Golf Academy in Boca, and uh, he's a short game coach. So he was able to work around his other lessons, and he would come once a week, spend the spend the day with us, uh, each of the girls, and work with them on their short game. Um, he we would together. Uh, kind of make good individualized practice plans for the girls because um, everyone learns in different ways. And so we kind of tried to make everything tailored to them. And uh, he would set us up with really, with a lot of really good, uh, a great balance of block and random practice. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of some things that we hadn't really incorporated in years past. So, and it was very effective this year, so it it was really good as far as short game and putting and and kind of different drills and and uh, etc. But uh, in a certain week, what we usually do is like we'll have a lot of we do a lot of short game wedges and putting work. Like that's the main thing that I like to focus on, and then a ton of course play. Okay. So. Um, like we'll do because I, I believe that the mental game and the short game are the most important parts of the golf game. So um, like we'll, we'll go out, we'll meet at the course. We always have a plan of what we're going to do. Um, I'll have putting drills set up that they'll need to complete. Um, and then they'll, and then we'll either do like some 
chip and putt games or wedge yardages where we work on our distances and um, kind of dialing those in. And then we'll go play on the course, nine or 18 holes, do a team competition, something like that. Um, and then we'll usually do our qualifying on the weekends okay. before tournaments. Yeah. So, um, and then we've got uh, the driving range where we work on technique and everything, but most of them, most of my players already have like their, uh, their, their swing coach that they've had for a long time. So usually what we do, we talk to the coach um, and I find out what, they're working on so I can be a second pair of eyes mm -hmm. and so we're all on the same page and um, and then I, I can watch for things on the course and on the driving range and throughout the weeks when they're practicing and then so we're all on the same page and we we all kind of communicate together so it, it works nice yeah it sounds like it um, yeah just having a second set of eyes and understanding what everybody's working on is definitely going to help, right. Make sure that, you know, they stay focused and, you know, are working on the parts of their game that, you know, they should be. But I love when you talk about, um, you know, the short game and the planning and the preparation. Um, I too believe the same things. And, um, I think sometimes as, as young players, as junior players that I've seen, um, sometimes those aren't the fun parts of the game to work on, but you can make them fun. You know, you mentioned, you know, playing some different games and doing some different drills and some competitions. Um, you know, majority of the people that I've talked to around this topic uh, mentioned some of the same stuff. So um, can you just kind of give some of the, uh, you know, parents and the young players that are listening, uh, give them a, a little bit of a deeper, maybe better understanding of why, you know, working on those parts of the game are so important versus, you know, really only focusing on the long ball or the ball striking itself? Yes. So um, it, the putting is so, so important because it, it's either going to take you to super low scores or it's either going to save your round. So the eight footers and in are so important. They're also the momentum saving putts during your round. So we work a lot on that. Uh, we do, you know, chalk line, string line, um, a lot of good stuff like that. The the putt, Dave Peltz putting tutor. Um, and we work on our strokes a lot and speed. We do a lot of speed drills. But putting, I mean, man, if you can start making, you know, a couple more 15-footers in a round or rolling in a few more birdies, I mean, you're just going to shave so many shots off off your score yeah like it you it, it you um you kind of just have to look at the big picture and i think again all that goes into your preparation and and having a good game plan because at this level everyone pretty much hits the ball the same way yeah you can you can hit it off the tee you can get it up around the green and if you can miss in good spots and not short side yourself um and then getting up and down it you know, it becomes a, a piece of cake and then you can start, you know, chipping them in if you leave them just right off the fringe and, and stuff like that. But, yeah. and that's where it can be fun when you get out with, with some of your teammates and you go out on the course late in the afternoon and you just drop balls in impossible spots and practice getting up and down and, 
and stuff like that, it can, it, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, would you agree that, you know, once you've really developed that bulletproof short game, it almost frees you up a little bit, you know, in terms of your approach shots and uh, definitely. You know, your full yeah. swing, right? Because you're not so concerned about, I mean, you definitely want to hit your marks, but at the same time, you know that if you miss, because everybody misses, and I think that's one of the big things that young players need to understand is you're going to hit bad shots in every single round, and that's just part of the game. But if you've got that confidence in your short game, um, you know, it frees you up a little bit to, you know, attack a little bit more with those approach shots. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you if you know that you that you you can get up and down from anywhere or or you can always give your putter a chance, it just frees up it you have so much more confidence and just frees up everything else. That where you can be aggressive, you can swing because it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter where the ball goes, I'm going to find it and I'm going to if I miss the green, I'm going to get up and down. So it's it's really not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, I want to talk a little bit more about the program at Nova, but before we get into that, um, can you talk a little bit about the differences in coaching men and women? Um, I know that when you were at University of Arkansas at Monticello, um, you know, you had that experience and you mentioned, you know, building the program, starting from scratch. Um, you know, what does that look like? You know, is there a big difference in coaching men and women? Um you know, as it pertains to this audience, is there anything important that you think, um, you know, they should know just as, as players and parents um, around this topic? Yeah, like in, in my experience, uh, their games were very different. So guys have a lot more power. They hit it a, a long way. Uh, they they stay aggressive. They, for the most part, swing as hard as they can, <laughs> um, go for every par five and two, and, and they just try to make birdies um, and, and maybe sometimes a little too aggressive. Okay. Girls, I would say, are, are kind of more meticulated, more about strategy. They keep it in play a little more. They lay up to yardages, but they're not, a, they're, they don't, they're not able to make as many birdies. Mm. Um, and so they take advantage of the opportunities that they do get most of the time on, on par fives. And, and the key for them, and I think is minimize is, is for both of them, just minimizing your mistakes and, and knowing that, you know, sometimes bogey is okay score. Mm. And, and also knowing and kind of just staying away from the high numbers. Yeah. Um, and so if you're behind a tree or something like just take your medicine and if you've got to make a bogey, make a bogey. But again, that's where that short game comes in, where if you have to chip out, you know, you can wedge it up there pretty close and give yourself a chance at par. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think the girls, um, they they don't they're not able to make as many, maybe as many birdies or go for as many par fives and two but so they're they're very solid and and they would understand that making pars is okay like making pars is good score throwing a couple birdies avoid your big numbers and you and you've got a really good round yeah for sure yeah there's nothing wrong with par is there no <laughs> um, no it's interesting to hear you talk about actually it kind of takes me back to you know, when I was recruiting for IMG Academy, um, there was a player, Nicholas Quintero Macias, who I watched, player from Colombia, 
he was playing in the uh, Junior World Florida Challenge. And I watched him win the tournament. Um, he didn't win it on the 18th hole, but he put himself into a playoff by, as you said, taking his medicine, um, pushed his drive off to the right on the 18th hole, kind of behind some trees and there was water in front of the green. So he hit it to about 80 yards and, you know, just short of the lake and, uh, you know, trusted his short game and his wedge play and his distance control and was able to get up and down from there to, you know, go into a playoff. So he went and ended up winning that playoff. So, um, nice. you know, sometimes that's a scary thing, right? Because it feels like you're losing ground and, oh, you know, I can pull this shot off. Um, but you've got to be patient, right? Um, you know, it's that yes, delayed gratification yes. that you talked about. Yeah. Patience is key. It, it really, really is. What, you know, when you're on the golf course it, during the tournament and while you're practicing it, and, um, and just leading up to the tournaments. Yeah. Patience is patience and trust are key. What do you mean when you say trust? Uh, just trusting in what you're doing, trusting in yourself as a player, um, self-confidence. Uh, I'm a big, um, I love anything about the mental game too. So I just think that, you know, staying present on the golf course, one shot at a time, um, trusting in what you're doing at practice is going to pay off. You don't know when, but you know the results are coming. So just keep on keeping on. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. I'm actually uh, reading a book right now by Bob Rotella. Um, Golf is a game of confidence. And one of the yes. first stories that he tells in there is, oh, shoot, I'm not going to remember now who it was that – uh, was playing, but they were playing in, I think, the PGA Championship in maybe 1995 and um, was on the cusp of making the Ryder Cup team. Just a lot of distractions going on and, um, you know, was able to play one shot at a time. I think shot maybe 62 in the final round to put himself in the top five of that event and ultimately, you know, got the call afterwards that he had made the Ryder Cup team. So um, that's a really interesting book. I don't know. Have you read that book before? By chance? Yes. Uh, yeah, I love Dr. Bob. Yeah. What um, What are some things that you've learned from him specifically that you think might, you know, help this audience in regards to, you know, the mental game? Um, yeah, I know a lot of people don't really like to read books, but I love reading books. So even if you could kind of uh, kind of teach yourself or trick yourself into <laughs> liking to read or get an audio book, it is really helpful because like Dr. Bob and um, and even Stan, he talks a lot with the team about visuals and playing with your eyes and because the, the brain and psychology is so uh, – the mind is a powerful thing. So if you really believe you can do something, you really can. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't just half-ass it, you know? Like really believe in yourself. Talk positively to yourself. Right. Um, and, and it really, and affirmations and, and stuff like that, it, it sounds funny, but it really does work. If, if you really believe in it and buy into it, it really does work. Like it, it helps your golf game. It helps your putting, um, like visually seeing the ball roll in the hole, visually seeing your ball go on the green and try to make your visualizations and your routine as, as detailed as possible. I mean, it's really great stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that self-talk, right. is just such a, 
huge piece of it. I mean, sometimes we don't really think about it and we just have a reaction and we say something to ourselves, but um, if we can be conscious of what we're saying to ourselves and what our thoughts are, um, you know, they can have a really big impact. Right. And I think a lot of junior golfers, like you said earlier, think that every shot has to be hit perfect, hit a hundred percent solid. But, and if they hit it, maybe 20 feet pin high, but it's on the left and they pulled it a bit, like they'll have bad body language. That's another thing. Like, hey, you're on the green, you're pin high. You, you 20 feet, you have a chance for a birdie. You might knock it in and you didn't hit your best shot. True. You know, so. Yep. Um, and if you don't, if you don't make the putt, you've got an easy two putt par and you move on to the next hole. Yep. You yep. know. Um, yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, it is for sure. Um I mean, I'm sure you've had several of these situations, but I can remember, you know, I've flubbed several chips before and then knocked the next one in. Right. So, I mean, just yeah. got to keep that, uh, you know, that confidence, momentum, the positivity going, uh, you know, hopefully to kind of push yourself, you know, through those tough shots to be able to handle those. But, you know, I mentioned golf is a game of confidence by Dr. Bob. Um, you mentioned, you know, perfect shots or not every shot being perfect. Dr. Bob also wrote another book called Golf is Not a Game of Perfect, um, which is another great read. And you said you're a big reader. Are there any books out there other than those two that you would recommend um, that young players could maybe latch on to and, you know, learn from? Um, yeah, any of the Dr. Bob books I think are very good. He, he also has, um, I think, the the 15th club yep. which i think might be my favorite dr bob book okay. cuz it's just all about your mind and how helpful having a good sound mind on the golf course and during your tournaments can really really help you yeah. um uh i just got done reading um the a book called the slight edge which is kind of about like knowing that it's all about time, so it, it, and everything does take time because things aren't instantly made, and everyone expects everything to be instant and easy, but it's not. So success doesn't come easy. So you know that there's 86,400 seconds in a day. How do you manage your time? How can you become the best player in person? That you, How can you be your best self day in and day out in but you've got to put the work in. It's all about work ethic. It's a great book. Because okay. um, I'm all about being, um, you know, everyone knows how hard golf is. And it, it's not easy. And if you want to be the best, you've got to, you've got to, you know, put in the work. And you've got to be mentally tough and resilient and be able to handle adversity when you're on the golf course. Yeah. So. Um, it's all really, really important. And if you're playing, like a lot of our tournaments are 36 holes and, and it's just continuous play. So we will bring them eight, uh, box lunch after the, after they finish the 18th hole. Sure. And, um, like if, if you're not hitting at your best and you're out on the golf course for 10 or 11 hours that day, and you're just beating yourself up, like, that's not doing you any good. Your game's just going to get worse and worse. So you've got to be your own cheerleader. you got to be a cheerleader for yourself and, and, you know, keep yourself pumped up as good as you can. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a fine line to walk, right? It's, uh, you know, how can you kind of stay in the middle, not too high, not too low? Um, right, You know, just right. kind of keep it moving, right? Definitely. Um, 
So let's talk about before we talk, you know, more about your program at Nova. Um, I just want to kind of get a little bit of information from you and uh, to help the audience around what are you looking for as, as a coach, you know, when you're out there and you're recruiting, you know, you're going out to different tournaments, um, both golf and non-golf. I mean, obviously from a golf perspective, you know, you're looking for, you know, a sound golf game. Um, but what are some of those maybe intangibles that, um, aren't necessarily golf talent related, but just kind of gear back towards what you're talking about with, work ethic and preparation, you know, those types of things? Um, well, they definitely need to be a, a good student as well, not only a good golfer, but a good student. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time when, you, when you're able to play a, a sport competitively and be a good student, you have good time management skills. So that's very, very important when, when you're going to college. You've got to be able to manage your time because you will be very, very busy. Sure. Uh, between workouts, practice, qualifying, all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I, I want them to have professional aspirations, um, and, and they need to be coachable and eager to learn and just ready to, to become the best golfer that they can be during their four years of school. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, I think it's very, very important to to get to know the player as, as much as you can during the recruiting process um, just by uh, kind of seeing if, if they fit into what you're looking for and if, the, if they like Nova. And, and that's another reason why visits are so important as well. Like, because uh, you want to see if, if – if they fit into what you're trying to accomplish and if, if the school fits them and if they'll get along with the players and, and, and stuff like that. But they definitely, um, they want to, they, I would, I want them to be, to want to be professionals because I know that they're going to put in the work, Mm. um, shoot, you know, shoot very close to par under 75 for sure. Uh, cause we are a very competitive team. Yeah. Um, and just someone that that's gritty and that's a fighter, um, uh, and that they, they just have a huge passion and love for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about when you're following a player around and you're just watching them? Like what types of things are you looking for? Yeah, that, that's, uh, watching them is a huge bonus, um, because you can kind of see how they respond when they make a birdie you can see if they respond when they make a triple um you can see the demeanor how they how they uh their presence on the golf course how do they treat their playing competitors how do they treat the volunteers um you can you can you can learn a lot by watching a round of golf so it's nice and if you can go watch them play multiple times Mm -hmm. that's that's even better yeah so you can really learn a lot, and it's 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 great when you're able to see them play in a tournament. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, tell us about your program now. Um, you know, you guys have had a, a, a very successful 
a uh, couple of years since you've been there. I, you said you're going into your fifth year now. Um, you know, you guys have won several tournaments there. You've had some really nice years um, since you've taken over. You know, what's the program looking like now? And then if you could maybe just walk us through, you know, what's the day in the life like for a, a lady shark? Okay. Um, yeah, so this fall will be my will be my fifth season. And um, the, the program is very well. Unfortunately, because of the, the virus, it was cut short, which was a huge bummer. We uh, finished the year ranked number one in the ranking, yep. so that was nice. We won uh, four out of our seven tournaments. Wow. Uh, had some individual wins as well, National Freshman Player of the Year. Um, and I had three three All-Americans. So uh, we were very solid this year. Um, and then I have three new players coming in next year. Um, so we'll, we'll be solid again. Um, a very strong team. We're young. I will only have one senior next year. So we'll... Um, we will be very strong. Um, and then uh, the great thing about Nova is it's in South Florida, so we get to play year-round all the time. Um, our practice facility is Grand Oaks, uh, which is right across the street from campus. Okay. So um, the, the school owns it, so that's nice. It was also where Caddyshack was filmed. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> And we have uh, amazing practice facilities, um, some uh, really nice six practice holes, a huge putting green, a driving range, and then a beautiful 18-hole golf course. Um, Then uh, a day in the life of a lady shark, um, we have workouts three days a week in the mornings from 7 to 8. So they'll do that on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Okay. Then, then um, they'll have breakfast, get ready for class, go to class. Class will probably get out around 12 or 1 o'clock, depending on um, which classes they have. Then they'll have some lunch, and we'll meet out at the golf course. Um, and then we'll, we'll go through our, our drills and our practice plans, and then we'll, we usually – in the day by uh, going on the course together. And then um, we usually leave about 5.30. And if they want to, when the time has changed, if, if they want to stay later, they can. But most of the time they'll leave, go back to the dorm, um, have dinner, take a shower, and then do their homework and then get up and we do it all over again the next day. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds like a pretty packed day. Time management, yeah, like so- you said, is a big factor, right? So we do stay, uh, we do stay very busy with traveling and, and playing and, and qualifying and stuff. And then mm-hmm. during our practices, we try to uh, simulate real golf as much as possible. So we try to create pressure situations and stuff like that while while we're practicing. So we're not just going through the motions, and we make it as as like a as much like a real round of golf as possible yeah yeah well it seems like that routine is working um for sure right 
Yes, uh, we yeah we've been very successful. The girls work very hard, yeah. so it, it's and they're great students as well. So it's it's a nice nice uh, nice group. Yeah, I actually pulled up your roster while we were sitting here, and I completely forgot um, Valentina. Um, yes, I remember her. I she used to come over every year and play in the Junior World Florida Challenge here in the in the Bradenton area. So I had an opportunity to meet. Her and her family. I think she's got a younger sister that plays as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, they come. Uh, that I swear, I, I that was the first tournament I went and watched her play. Okay. Yes. A couple mm-hmm. years ago, maybe. Yes. Okay. Good deal. Um, well, great. It sounds like you've obviously got you know a lot of really good stuff going on at Nova. Um, you know, I think we've covered a lot of really good information here, uh, just talking about you know what your thoughts are around you know, what parts of the game to focus on, um, you know, obviously giving some really good advice around, you know, college recruiting and, you know, talking a lot about your journey. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of information there that people can pull from to, to help. But, um, you know, as we kind of move towards wrapping up, is there anything else that you feel like, um, you know, would be important information to share with this audience? Um, yeah, I would say that I would say, Figure out as best you can what kind of school you're looking for uh, and uh, whether you want big or small or, you know, if you if you want uh, like big classes with 300 people or you want a more cozier family like setting with less than 30 where you can get to know your professor and you're not just a number. I think those kind of things are very, very important. Also, like, what part of the United States do you want to go in? Um, even though a lot of places have indoor facilities, but, but I mean, if you hate the cold weather, you probably want to stay more down south. For sure. Um, just just stuff like that, and that's why I think visiting is, is, is so important, so you can kind of figure out, pick and choose what you like, what you don't like, it, so you can make the best decision possible, because... You will be spending four years at, at the at the the university, so you want to be able, you want to go somewhere where you're going to be happy and you get along with the coach and you feel like you can talk to them if you have a problem because they do become your parent. Your, I mean, it's it's your home away from home. Sure. So if you have a problem, you you and you need to talk to someone, you definitely need to feel comfortable with them. Um, and meet as many of the players on the team as possible and 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 don't be afraid to ask questions um and i think those are are very are a key thing yeah i agree you know the more that you can know both on the 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 people side and the place side you know the relationships those types of things um you know can really give you a full picture as to what the next 4 years could look like right yeah, definitely. Because yeah, you you definitely want to go somewhere where you feel like you can elevate your game. You want to go somewhere where you feel like you can develop as a player and a person and get a good education. And you'll feel that you want to be somewhere where main main thing you got to be happy. Absolutely. Yep. Well, let's end on that because I think that's a great place to end. I, you know, so many people that I've had on here. Um, whether they're coaches or players or um, just industry professionals, you know, we talk a lot about just having fun, being happy. Um, and I just think that that's such a huge component to all of this because golf's a fun game. It's challenging. 
Um, but that's what we like about it. And it's also a lot of fun too, right? Yeah, definitely. You've just got to enjoy the journey and, and just uh, keep working hard and, and having fun. That's, that's what it's all about. It's a game you can play for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Well, last thing before we go, um, something I've moved towards doing at the end of the episode is just flipping it back to the guest and asking you to fire a question or two at me. Okay. Um, well, let's see here. Um, what inspired you to, to start this podcast? Well, um, you know, as we've kind of talked about, uh, and I mentioned a little bit on this episode, I used to recruit junior players at, um, at a junior academy at IMG Academy in Florida. And I've got a big passion for youth sports. Um, in general, I, uh, coached baseball for a number of years. I haven't for the, probably the past year and a half, but prior to that, I coached for about, uh, eight or nine years. Um, so I love youth sports. Um, I think that they really build characteristics and foundations for people, um, to enter the real world and, and tackle life. And so, uh, golf is my favorite of those sports. I think there's a lot of parallels in golf and life. And, um, when I left the Academy to move on to my next opportunity that I'm you know, currently working on building a corn fairy tour event, uh, I just wanted to stay tied to junior golf. So I felt like, um, building a podcast as a resource for, you know, those families, even though I'm not working with them every day. Um, you know, I've got some good contacts and a good network and, uh, I feel like, you know, having people on, you know, like yourself to just share their journeys and information would be a good resource for those families that are out there that are trying to navigate the junior golf world. So, um, you know, that's, that's why I tackled this project. Yeah, that's incredible. It's so nice. It's it's nice to have people like you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's <laughs> nice to have people like you, too. <laughs> so, uh, well, Heather, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And um, they've got, you know, some other stuff that's going on. And hopefully we can get you guys back out on the golf course, uh, you know, when we're supposed to in the fall, right? Um, yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, me too. And hopefully, you know, even sooner you can get out this summer and, you know, watch some people play and, you know, keep those recruiting efforts alive. Yeah, it'll be good. But thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Heather. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, guys, that wraps up episode 37 of Junior Golf Keys with our guest this week, Heather Wall, the head women's golf coach at Nova Southeastern University. Uh, really appreciate you guys joining us for this episode, and I really appreciate Heather for her time. Uh, Heather, thank you uh, for taking some time and sharing some knowledge with this group. Um, you know, those parents and players that are listening and trying to navigate their junior golf journeys, I think are really going to take away a lot of value uh, from this episode. So, uh, thanks a lot, Heather. And thank you to you guys that are listening. Um, as I always ask, if you took any value away from this episode, please share it. Please leave a review. Also make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we've got coming up. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of junior golf keys.